This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Lobe Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, what a good goal! Far post for Shearer, goal! I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cradwell! Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Love Strangers podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. I'm extremely proud to say that my guest for this episode is Joe Butler. Joe started his career playing for his hometown club, Newcastle United, before moving to Swindon in 1965. He was one of legendary manager Danny Williams's first signings. He played alongside fellow town heroes Don Rogers, John Trollope, Peter Downsborough, Stan Harland, Peter Noble, Rod Thomas, the list goes on. Joe played 428 times for Swindon, scoring 22 goals between 1965 before his departure to Aldershot in 1976. His commitment was rewarded with a testimonial. He was an integral member of the side that won promotion to Division 2 in 1969 an integral member of that victorious League Cup side that crushed Arsenal at Wembley, an integral member of the Anglo-Italian Cup winners side that fought back to destroy Roma at the county ground, an integral member of the victorious Anglo-Italian Cup side that swept aside Juventus and Napoli in the final. He is, to put it simply, a Swindon Town legend. My thanks to Joe and his family for making this happen, so let's sound the hooter. For episode 16 of The Low Strangers. Enjoy. Joe Butler, thank you very much for joining me. 
No problem. You yeah. are a native of Newcastle upon Tyne. It's a city that any listener will know that I'm very fond of because I lived up there uh, for about five years, living in Newcastle and also working in Durham and Gateshead. What were your experiences growing up in Newcastle? Did you enjoy it? Same as anywhere else, I suppose. We we lived in a council house. Uh, we had two brothers, two sisters. Uh, my brother played football. He was a goalkeeper, Pat. Unfortunately, passed away last year. My dad never was it wasn't sporty at all. Uh, neither was my other brother. But um, as I say, I just from the age I very early on, all I did was was just kick a ball about. We used to play in the streets. Uh, we, used to, we had a big park near us, and we used to play Sunday afternoons, Sunday mornings there. And um, football was really was all I really um, did. I mean, they're, they're back then, I mean, you didn't have all the sort of games and this, that and the other, what they have now. <laughs> but really, it was football football in the uh, the winter, cricket in the summer, and um, that was it, really. I'm going to have to assume that you supported Newcastle United as a child. Did you go to St James's Park much? Only went once, actually. Twice. I went Once I went to... Um, this is when I was growing up, obviously. Sure. Uh, before before I, I I went to Newcastle, my brother wanted me to see Jackie Milburn, so I I went um, stood behind the Leeses end and um, watched that, which was a great eye opener sort of thing. I mean, the packed house and where have you, and um, everybody stood walking around with bags of peanuts, throwing them up, and people throwing uh, the tuppence or threepence or whatever it was, and that was that was. That was the only football match I think I remember when I was growing up. I I seen um, the other one was I went to uh, the Harlem Globetrotters playing at St James's Park, and that again it was packed out again. So you know it was something which you looked at um, hard to believe, and um, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be, sort of thing. Like you know, not not realizing it, but that's what I. I was aiming for, like you know. Your brother was keen for you to watch Jackie Milburn. Was he right? Was was it worth the the hype? Oh well, I mean, I was only young, mm. so you 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 don't really you know you you see it. I remember he had a shot at the crossbar and the ball. I mean, he was renowned for his shooting ability, and um, he hit the shot in the, hit the crossbar and the ball bounced outside the eighteen yard area. So he obviously had a hell of a dig on him. <laughs> Um, apart from that, it was really, it was just the atmosphere, you were looking, you, you, you weren't really, you were just in awe, like, you know, it was, it was, it was good. So that's a little flick, Stroud, what a good shot! pathway to Newcastle United? Basically I, I played uh, at school in the youth teams um, and then rather I played in the, junior, the juniors then the seniors and then I had a trial for Newcastle boys. I thought I did okay I was told I was good enough but I wasn't big enough then I I, um, I got a kind of a call from Newcastle to go down training and they, they used to train Tuesdays and Thursdays so from there I just went on until the age of 17. I mean at the time Newcastle had 16 
teams. Uh, two youth teams, uh, an A and a B team, a reserve team and uh, uh, the first team. And they had something like 50, 50 professionals and part-time professionals. So it was a hell of a grounding leg, you know. I mean, you you just to try and work your way through to get to get where you wanted to be. So that's that's how I that's how I started. Uh, I signed on full time when I was 17, and again that was basically playing in the A team, the B team, and then I got into the reserves and played a, quite a few games in the reserves. Your uh, your height is something that comes up quite a lot in your career, doesn't it? I mean, every I've done a lot of research for this conversation, and I think pretty much all of those sort of pen picks in programs always reference your height. Was yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't so uncommon to have smaller in height players, was it? I wouldn't have thought so, no. but I mean, it's a usual thing when you're at school. I mean, I was I was only what five foot nothing sort of thing when I was when I was gradually growing up. I was only. Very light, but you, you know you were playing against kids who some mature early, and some don't. Uh, I was the one who obviously didn't, and then gradually, as I got to fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, then I started to develop more in body wise. Mm. But height wise, I I never got above five foot six and a half, and that was it. But you know, I mean, in some ways it's a good thing, in other ways it's a bad thing. But I mean, you know, because everything you had to do, you had to time, you know, you had to be good at timing, tackling wise, heading the ball, whatever it was. That was an, a kind of an advantage sort of thing. You know, people would probably think, oh, well, he's not going to get that. But you, you do, like, you know, it's just the way it was. You must have played with some relatively known players. I'm thinking maybe Frank Clark and Stan Anderson. Would they have been around at the same time yeah, as you? Yeah, I mean, um, the the youth team, they won, they won the FA Youth Cup. I, I wasn't in that side. There was, yeah, there was... Bobby Munker, he went on to Captain Scotland and they, they won the first cup, Frank Clark, like you say, um, Stan Anderson. I don't know whether you can remember Jimmy Schooler, can you? Ivor Oldchurch, who yeah. played um, Len White. Um, they also had a, a goalkeeper, um, Ronnie Simpson. Yeah. Don't know if you remember he, Ronnie. He won the cup final in 55. That's right. And I played, I played with him. Because at the end of his, Newcastle were kind of ushering him out the door, kind of thing. You, you finished, sort of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, anyway, he left. He left from Newcastle and went up to, to Celtic. And won the European yeah, Cup. Won the European Cup. Played for Scotland. When he was in his, I think he was in nigh on forty. Yeah, super, super blow, super blow. Amazing. Now you you mentioned these six teams. That's a lot of people. So you must be tremendously proud that although you only played a handful of games for the senior team, you still made it through. Um, a couple of losses. Yeah. They were Division Two when you played for them, but you played. St James's Park in front of the Leeses end and the Gallagate end and you got a 5-2 winner over Rotherham do you remember any of that? Not really <laughs> I remember I remember um, the one game I do remember was Man City mm. that was that's when I was uh, that was my debut in the league and that was at Main Road and at that particular time they the, the the main fella I can remember was Derek Kevin because that's who I, that's who I was marking and you know he was six foot I'd played for England as well so it was a baptism of fire really against them. Did you want to leave Newcastle? Well, I, th- I think it was it was one of them things where you, you you play initially they they obviously play because they think you're good enough but I assume. The games I played, although they were only a handful, I wasn't up to their expectations. I think it was a, a year, a year or two later, Joe Harvey come in and said, "Look, he says um, I've had I've had Swindon on the phone, and they want to they want to look at you, sort of thing. Like you know, they want to uh, 
see if you're interested in signing for them. And he, he kind of, in a roundabout way, saying, well, you, you know, you're better off getting out of it, otherwise, you, you know, you'd be gone. If for day one, send me off. Every game, no problem. I will win this league anyway, because my team is a strong team. They're warriors. We play football. Even if they send me off, we win this league. No problem. moving down to Wiltshire. As usual, you're looking and you think, Swindon, well, where's, where's Swindon sort of thing? I looked on the map, um, seeing how close it was to London, that type of thing, and thought, well, Anne and I were due to be married in the uh, the October. And um, I thought, well, we'll, we'll see. see. I never haven't been involved in anything like that before. I mean, all you, you, you go and, you're just going there and finding out what, 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 what it's about sort of thing. And so we, we went down by train, met up with, with Danny at the ground. Ernie, Ernie, Hunt was the first lad I seen actually. As I as I come into the county ground, Ernie was outside the office. So I was introduced to I was introduced to him sort of thing straight away and nice lad and he just he just you know, we just had a brief chat and what have you and then I went in to see um to see Danny and I think there was a couple of directors there. Was it easy to settle in the area? Yeah, I found I found it okay. I mean we um like I say, when I actually when I'd signed, when I come out, the 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 the, uh, the the football club had about four or five clubhouses, and so Ernie took me round all them, and that was the driving driving round Swindon. I think it was round about the time Press Steel, Vickers, the railways, you know, changing shifts sort of thing, and everybody was on bikes. Uh, it was it was weird. It was weird. But, uh, anyway, Ernie Ernie showed me round, and um, was quite impressed with it all. Um, as I say, I'd signed, and um, we we. I mean, it was easier for me than it was for Anne because I've got the players. You know, I'm I'm going there every day, and she was on her own sort of thing. After a while, she she decided that she'd look for a job sort of thing because she wanted to meet to meet different people sort of thing like you know mm. in a roundabout way it worked out fine you know I mean she eventually got got a job and as I say I was playing just in the reserves at, at the time mm. and so overall we, we settled in reasonably quickly you had the players but in that era you weren't a football team unless you had a couple of Geordies County Durham, Northumberland, Scots with you. You had people like Jimmy Lawton, Peter Noble and Don Heath. Does that help having people from the region in the same side as you? Yeah, it was, it was funny really because I, I, I um, as I say, I was the first one and Danny, Danny wheeled and dealed an awful lot. He really did. And Joe Harvey was obviously one of his, one of his managers who he, who he, who he, ring up and say, what have you got? Have you got anything? Have you, you know, a bit like he obviously did for me. And um, I think, if I remember rightly, I think Willie was the, the, the first one after me. Then, you know, I had Pete Noble, Arthur Orsi, like you say, Jimmy Lawton. So it was it was nice to see them because I didn't play with them in Newcastle. Mm. But obviously coming from there, it was, it was great because, you know, we had four or five of us, like, you know. Um, and Willie Penman, he was at Newcastle at the same time as you. I mean, at the time, Newcastle was full of Irish and Scots because that's where they used to get all their players from, Ireland and Scotland, mm. for some reason. So Willie, Willie, Willie Penman, Bobby Munker, Dave Hilly, all these lads, Scottish lads and what have you. But it was ironic that we had four or five from the from the northeast coming coming to um, 
to Swindon. You're the first person from before the 80s that I've spoke to. So this is a fantastic opportunity for me to talk about some real major names within Swindon's history. Um, you're one of Danny Williams' first signers, as you've mentioned. What were your general experiences of him and what sort of football manager was he? Broad Yorkshire, broad Yorkshire. Funny, funny fella, probably didn't realise how funny he was, but he just... He just, I mean, that, that era in managers and what have you, they, were, they weren't like supposedly what they are now, all, all um, technical and this, that and the other. But he was, a, he, was a, he was a nice bloke. I wouldn't say he coached a lot. We tended to, I mean, when he got the, the good, the, the, the major sides together, we used to do an awful lot ourselves. But Danny would base his, his, um, a lot of his preparation on on fitness and he used to he used to do a thing he used to call it stamina training and we used to do that on a thursday every thursday morning stamina and what was stamina training you'd, you'd start off on the track you'd do from to say the corner flag to the other corner flag you'd, you'd run then you'd walk you'd jog around whatever and then you'd increase it to the next to the next halfway line and then the next the next corner flag and then eventually you'd be doing full laps at full pace, but obviously you, you, every every time you were you, you done increased it one more. I mean you, you had less time to get your breath back. So really it was all about stamina. That was it as far as he was concerned. If you did that and what he used to call you no monkey after Thursday. This is all. This is I'm just telling you exactly how he used to say. It. You do that stamina training in the morning. No monkey after Thursday and we'll be it would be okay. No problems. <laughs> and you know what I mean by monkey, don't you? <laughs> Eh? No, sex. He used to call. He used to call it monkey. <laughs> well, As I say, that, that is something. That, that that was how he used to. That's how he used to talk to you. You know, you know the old monkey, and everybody would be looking at each other and say, "What's he on about? What's he on about?" <laughs> but then it would come out. But he did this all the time. You know, I mean, he, he he's, he's, his team talks and 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 all things like that were just. I mean, it was just funny, just funny. He, he was, he was, he was, a, he was a nice bloke. He, he, he'd always tell you, I'm straight as a die. Wouldn't tell you a lie. All these sorts of things. Me, I was, I was a Catholic at the time. And when he talked to me, he said, Joe, he says, it's just like I'm in the confessional when I'm talking to you. I wouldn't tell you a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you used to look at him and you used to think, who are you trying to kid like? You know, and you know, uh, he was, he was nice, nice, nice lad, nice, nice bloke, nice bloke. Managers of that era always have a right-hand man. I think Jack Connolly was his right-hand man at Swindon. Yeah. How important was he to all the success that you had? Well, to Danny, to Danny, he was he obviously he was very important. You know, he bounced off Danny sort of thing. He was, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I think he played, but I don't think he played at, at any sort of level. He was very, very loud, very brash and what have you. But it's like everything, it's like... Like us as a team, it's like a jigsaw. You buy and sell and do this sort of thing, and he, he you know, all the th all the all the pieces slot together, sort of thing, you know. And Jack was part of that was part part of Danny, like you know. Mm. And um, he felt comfortable with him. They used to go to watch games together, the races, the dogs, you name it, what have you. Danny thought a lot of them. You also have a couple of ex-town players in the backroom staff. You have Harry Cousins, um, whose association with the club started over thirty years before you arrived, and yeah. also um, the legendary Morris Owen as well. Do you have any yeah. memories of those two? Harry, Harry was a, Harry was the old school, old school. 
They reckon he was hard as nails when he played. I think he, I think he was from Yorkshire as well, if I remember rightly. But it was kind of different when when I left Newcastle to go to Swindon, bigger club, Newcastle, obviously. Uh, and you know, whenever you wanted anything, you just asked for it and you'd get it, whatever it was, sort of thing. You know, boots, trainers, this, that, and the other. When you went, when I come to Swindon. It was completely different. I mean, Harry was in charge, and he had a little—he had a little kit room under the stand, just like a cupboard under the stairs, really, but a little bit bigger. And he used to have strips, balls, trainers, boots—you name it—in in this in this um, cupboard. Gradually, as I got to know the lads, because they were really funny and what have you, but they would tell you different stories, you know, and. I, I I used to think now nah, that they're telling me lies and this that and the other, but it was true, you know. I mean, one one story, you know, if if you had, I mean, we used to call them sand shoes in Newcastle, but they called them daps in Swindon, and they're just like well, shoes, mm-hmm. training shoes sort of thing. I remember one of them. He he um, he went to see Harry, and he said he said look, he said I've I've um, I've, I've me, me trainers they left got a hole in them. And Harry said, let's have a look. So he had a look at him and he said, what size were they? And he says, um, seven. And so he said, fair enough. He went to his cupboard and come out and he brought a size seven left trainer. And he gave him it. <laughs> Not a pair, give him it, you know? And that was how he was. He had balls in there for years old. And when they blew them up, they were all distorted, like, you know, because they'd had, they had them too long. And this is what it was like, you know. It was hard to believe, but that's what it was like. And, and as I say, from, from, that, from that point of view, it was, it was just funny. It was just a, a funny era. It really was. I mean, it's it, it completely different from what I was used to. When he had an injury and what have you, all he had was a little heat lamp. <laughs> that's all he had. Nothing else. You know, that's, that's the way it was. That's the way it was. I mean, they didn't, they didn't have any proper physio I mean they didn't then anyway they didn't have physios they didn't have um, they had a club doctor club doctor would look at you he would say what to do and Harry would just stick the lamp on you and then it was just a matter of time when he'd be fit so so different so so I mean Newcastle had a big you know quite a large room bit like a dressing room large with all the all the different different medical stuff which you needed and um but as I say, it was it, it was a shock when I first when it, when he first looked round. I mean, it was just old school, and Harry was just part of it. And I mean, it it was just like it, what can I say? It was just nice. It was nice. It was funny. But at the end of the day, you know, if you got injured, you weren't treating properly, like you know, and you, you, it would just be a matter of time. Just be a matter of time. Morris was a it was a, a, a smashing blow. Played for Swindon. Apparently, he was really really top class player. Had the chance to leave, but wouldn't. He stayed at Swindon. But he used to take training, take the youths and the reserves. He just, like, just part of the family, really. He just settled and, and he was quite happy what he was doing. Well, I wouldn't have thought any real pressure. He, he, he just he just loved it. He just loved it. But And you, you could see when you trained him, where have you? A bit like Danny. I mean, Danny was reputed to be a really good player. When he used to play the five-a-side, sometime they'd join in. And then you could see that. You know, they, they, they knew what they were doing, like, you know? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's only one way you can get fit is to run, and uh, most days we go out here and we run to start with, and then uh, then we play with the ball. 
you arrive as a left back, but you do struggle to cement a place in the early months at Swindon. Um, yeah. When you arrived, were you expecting first team football, but or did you know you were in for graft? Well, I, I, at the time, I wasn't I wasn't aware of that. John Trollope was kind of a regular sort of thing. How many games he played, this, that, and the other. So I wasn't aware of that at the beginning. I mean, I, I made my debut against Bristol Rovers playing right back. Never played right back before. Mm-hmm. And did 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 really well, I thought. Yeah, we won. Uh, but but it, it it after a while it became apparent that I, w- I would struggle to get in at, at left back. So I was watching them play a game. We obviously um, I was I was on the sidelines. I was watching them in particular, you know, you're looking out for things, well, can I do this? Could I do that? You know, am I better than him? Why am I not in that type of thing? And uh, there was a lad, there was a lad playing in midfield. Uh, I won't mention his name, but he was running around and, and um, doing nothing, if you understand me, you know? Not not winning tackles, not not a particularly passive of the ball, not really doing anything apart from being a bit mischievous sort of thing. So I thought to myself, well, if I can if I couldn't do that and better, I really might as well just say, well, that's it, sort of thing. So obviously on my mind, I went in to see Danny. I said to him, look, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I, things aren't working out the way I expected. So I'm looking at some of the players who are playing, and I, and I said, if I if I couldn't go in there and, and, and do a job there, I said I'd, I might as well forget it, sort of thing. So he said. Well, fair enough, didn't you know, the way he was, he just, you know, all right, we'll, we'll try you sort of thing. And so that's how it basically started. And I I was more of a defensive player as opposed to a attacking player. And um, so it took me down to the ground. Well, the only thing I had to look at was positional-wise, when to go, when not to go and all that sort of thing. But tackling-wise, all them type of things, that, that wasn't a problem. It was just getting used to... Um, being in the instead of being at a fullback, I, I was in the middle of the park. You're in that what they call now that holding midfielder role, the engine room as they as they call yeah. it. Um, yeah. And you you you'd never played there before. You just observed this unfortunate soul who wasn't doing much, and yeah. Danny Williams had no problem with with yeah. with that. Yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing. Okay, so. Because of the great successes between the late 60s and the early 70s, there are a few players who, to people like me, who were born after, largely forgotten about. People like Dennis Brown and Keith East. Uh, they had great campaigns during your first season. In fact, Keith East uh, pipped Don Rogers to the uh, top of the goal-scoring charts for Swindon. Yeah. Um, we also had Mel Nurse, very good Welsh international, player, right, player yeah. of the year, played over 100 times, but because he left just as uh, 68 was starting, um, kind of forgotten about in the modern era. From your early days at Swindon, who were very impressive that maybe we don't talk about as much anymore? Yeah, Dennis Dennis, Dennis was a front player. Mm. Very, very quick, very quick. You know, I mean, he, he was one of them, player, one of them players who, who he, he just give, he, he give his all. He was, he, was, he was just a good player, just a good player. Mel Nurse, obviously, centre-half, big influence in the dressing room because of his obviously what he what he'd achieved. Mm. I mean obviously he's on the on the wane when he come to Swindon, but um nice nice man, nice man, good player, good player. How how do yeah. you become like an influence? Some people some people have it and some people don't. I'm not the type um I might do a lot of shouting and bowling what have you on the field, but I wasn't not that particularly in the in the dressing room. I mean 
yeah, some people were shouting this, that, and the other. But you'd find likes of um, in in an away era with Frank 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 Burrows and Stan. You know, they're more more into don't know. Just 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 you stopped and listened to them. You know what I mean? They were talking sense. I mean, some people, like I say, are just shouting ball and stuff like that, and nothing really comes out of it. But you get you get others who have have got that ability to um, you stand back and listen. That's the best way I can describe it, really. The year prior to sixty eight sixty nine, town and mid table, uh, you finally cemented your place in the side, and we kind of look like we're relying on the goals of Don Rogers and maybe Pat Terry as well. During this time, Don was angling for a move away from Swindon. And in an era where clubs wielded more power, we managed to keep him. How did footballers deal with the inability to progress during that time? Because you were really, for want of a better phrase, you were kind of shackled to your clubs um, well up until the 90s. Was it a case of just getting on with it or could you could you fight those decisions? Yeah, you, you, you just got on with it really because you were never told anything. Mm. And the media wasn't as is is big as it is now. You weren't really allowed. You weren't really allowed to um, kind of put the word out. I'm I'm available, sort of thing. If you know, if anybody's interested, that type of thing. So a lot of the time, you just you just got on with it, and then you were told if somebody was somebody was interested in it. It's a bit late when I moved to Swindon. I mean, that's what Joe Harvey just said. Look, you know, he says Swindon are interested. You will go down and have a have a word with them. And you know, it's not there's not a lot left for you if you come back. So <laughs> in a guided way, they're telling you on your bike, sort of thing. Like you know, I mean, these days it's sort of different. I mean, players, players, you know, the the agents do everything. Nobody, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I I I I never, apart from Fred Ford telling me once that if I hadn't signed for Swindon. He would have took me to Bristol City because he'd seen me. I was playing golf with my mate, and this was when I was in in the period when I was really playing well. That he told me, he said Jack Conley had told him that 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 somebody was interested in me, the, the top club was interested in me, but that never I never ever heard anything. And whether whether that happened or whether it didn't happen, as I say, I wouldn't have a clue. But that, that's the only two times I can remember when I was told that possibly um, there was a chance of a, of a, of a, of a move, like sort of thing. But if they if, if they wanted you to stay in where have you, there's very virtually very little you could have done about it. But it would have Unless, been nice to have uh, known who. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. It would have been. But as I say, I mean that when I, you know, that was. At that particular time, it would have probably been great for me because I was, I was, I was, I was probably playing best at in my, you know, for for a period of about three or four years. I was, I was going pretty good. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. Let's enter that period now, uh, 68 onwards. Danny Williams made a selection of very shrewd signings in the year building up to 68-69. Previous season saw Peter Downsborough, Don Heath and Peter Noble arrive. Frank Burrows, John Smith and Chris Jones joined in the summer of 68 as well. Town had been up a mid-table 
for the seasons leading up to 1968. How did Danny Williams turn Swindon into one of the best sides? I think it's it's it, it is it's really really just like like getting a jigsaw together. I mean, he, like you say, he bought he bought these players. I mean, he wheeled and dealed. I mean, you hear about them, but the, there's a lot more that he bought and sold that that you know never done anything. And it's just getting them together, getting the right blend, and um, for a period of I can't remember two or three years and what have you, we we just gelled. They were a good set of lads, really good set of lads, really good set of lads, and could play, and could play. Yeah, that was that was actually my next question was how strong was the bond? And I mean, let's look at it on the pitch. Only 16 players are used in the first team in 1968 and 69. Mick Blick only plays a few times and David Dangerfield only plays once as a sub. So that was these 14, including yourself. We have Peter Downsborough, Stan Harlan, the captain, Frank Burrows, Rob Thomas, John Trollope, Owen Dawson. And then you had Don, Peter Noble, John Smith, Roger Smart, Don Heath, Chris Jones and Willie Penman in midfield and attack that there were there were loads of players in the background as well those are just the yeah. the first team players yeah. you, you mentioned the jigsaw you mentioned that you got on but how strong was that bond at that time i think i don't think you realize how strong it was to be perfectly honest but it was something which we all we all got on obviously you don't it's it's not always plain sailing i don't know we, we just we just gelled we just gelled and we played some really good sides really great sides, but we're never, never fearful of playing them. Um, we always thought we had a chance because we had a, we had a blend, a mixture, like I said, with the jigsaw, we had a mixture of players who, like, say, for instance, just, just say Donald, he couldn't do what I did, but I couldn't do what he did. You know, he was just absolutely on his own sort of thing from the point of view of when he got the ball in space and stuff like that, he could do things which nobody else could do. Pete Noble, he he was a, he was a, he was a cent, played up front, but he could defend, no problem. I mean, if you like, you say you you watch you watch games, obviously, and you'll see where the centre forward comes back for a corner or a free kick or stuff like that. And to be perfectly honest, he's worse, he's he's more of a threat to you than he is to to them sort of thing. I mean, I I would I would like Peter Noble in my defending the corner. Whereas it's Donald, I wouldn't want him in the box. I wouldn't want him because he, you know, he'd be he'd be a waste of time. He's just taking up space. And really, this is what we had. We had players who who were were good at the job, but could do a bit more. As I say, it, it's very it's de- very difficult to put into words. But you you know, I mean, you hear all stories about you know you wouldn't want him in the trenches and all this sort of thing. And that 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 is that's how it was. I mean, Donald was good at his job. Arthur Orsfield was good at his job. The, whoever it was that was playing, they could do whatever it one wanted them to do. Like you know. Of course, we'll talk about the League Cup final in detail later. But watching the highlights, you can see every corner. That you that you guys defend, and there are a lot of them. It's hooking away, and who's at the halfway line? Don Rogers. So I yeah. mean, it, it, yeah. if it ain't broke, don't try and fix it, right? So yeah, right, yeah. You wouldn't want him. Any, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want him anywhere near the defense. And when I watch games now, sometimes on the television and stuff like that, and you, you can see it. They might have the eight or nine back, but there's only three or four who are any good at defending. And to be honest, the others are just getting in the way. They really are. And um, that's the way we that's the way we worked. That's the way we worked. 
getting you know we if we get it we can we can get it up to you and you do your bit then leave us to do our job at the back what was the social bond like between the players so socially what sort of things did you do in the 60s and 70s because obviously it's a lot different to now it's a lot different to the footballers that I talk on this podcast from the 90s we I suppose when we when we finished we always used to go over Notton's Cafe which was just over the corner Mm. um, and used to get I mean we didn't you wouldn't have all 14 out together you know you'd have a you'd have a group of of, of, um, say five or six and we'd go over there and have coffee or tea or what have you after the game the others they'd go off and do what they were at home, wherever it may be. Mm. If you were going out at night, we if it was a club do, then everybody would be there. If it was after a game, we always used to go near where I live. We had a, a pub called the Fox and Hounds. You know, we'd have about four or five or six of us would be down there after the game. It was just things like that. I mean, we, if it were club do's, then everybody would be there. If it was, like I say, if it was just ordinary little things like you know when the, the the more success we had the more things we got invited to and then you know we it, it just builds up that camaraderie like, you know and everybody everybody just got on really well together you know we had some really really funny lads some serious lads very few drinkers not so many drinkers and, and that type of thing like you know it was all it was all just building building sort of uh, brick sort of thing like you know Don Rogers described you once as always a bit of a character. Playing wise, I was competitive, and I didn't realise it, but I've heard lately, just from meeting up with a mate of mine, where have you, and he was cheating, where have you, and I didn't realise it, but he used to say I was terrible moaning and groaning on the pitch and stuff like that, you know, nothing nothing was ever right. I mean, the wife says I'm like that now, like, but um, as I say, I... I, I that type of thing I, I was I don't know I just wanted to play and and anybody who wasn't who wasn't playing you know I, I'd have a go simple as that but so would the others so you know it was it was just thing you're talking about this edge you had it but probably didn't realise it character wise I wouldn't I don't know I don't know <laughs> and I think I've got a sense of humour and you needed it sometimes with, it, with some of the lads but no I think I, I, I think I just thought I was one of a good bunch and who were those jokers Rod Thomas Roger Smart Don Heath Pete Noble funny lads mm. funny as I say the, 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 the more you got together the better it got like you know there was always things we would that happened or uh, would go on and, and um, you just remember it to this day sort of thing like you know when we meet up it's just it's like you've never been apart, but I expect a lot of a lot of successful people, uh, whether it's football, wherever they play, they would say that. Like, you know, there was always something there. Uh, I I tend to watch things on Sky and wherever, and you hit like say with Liverpool players and um, Man United players and, and things like that, and you, you hear them. You hear them talk like like I remember watching Graham Sooners on about when they were in the tunnel playing in Rome in the European Cup final. All the lads would laugh and joke and this that and the other. And he said the Italian players were deadpan. We were just so different, and and that's what it was. Every every game I played in beforehand, there was always a Mickey take, and uh, I don't know. It, it just took the edge off for you, you know. You, you if you did have any sort of nerves, I mean, you were just psyched up, but you didn't go over the top. But that that kind of prevented you from going over the top, like you know. And because we had so much confidence confidence in each other. Well played, Hoddle. the League Cup 
then. It's a slog. 68-69, the quickest route to the final was winning seven games. But because of replays, Town do it in 11. Arsenal got their play in just six times as they had a bye in round one. Um, I'm not going to go through each result, but it's a great route to the final. You beat two... First division teams, two second division teams, including Derby, who would go on to be the champions. What were your memories from that cup run? I can't really remember the first two games. Yeah. Com- commentary game, I I remember when we drew them. I think it was Willie, Willie and Pete Noble and myself, because we lived right ne- near each other. We decided we'd go through and to see the game, and we did that. You know, we just looked at it and thought, you know, we're you know, a good say, but nothing, nothing that we can't cope with, and what have you. We did that. I remember, I remember one of it mainly because when we were coming back, I went through Morton Marsh and got done for speed, and we tried, tried to have a, tried to have a chat with the copper saying, you know, we were football, football, a swimming football, and this that and the other. And she's, oh, I'm a rugby man, like you know, and still give me the ticket, like. You know, but but uh, yeah, we then then we, I think we we got, I'm not, sure, I think we drew up there. Yeah, drew up there. We beat them about four nothing or something. Good. Stuff them three nil, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny how you say, it. and maybe it's the the culture of clubs being able to keep players because you know you're doing very well in Division Three. Coventry are struggling, but they're still very much a Division One club. One thing that I noticed from sixty eight sixty nine is the fluctuation, a couple of seasons actually between the the attendances. We're perfectly able to get twenty thousand plus, but then a week later get about twelve. Does that frustrate a footballer that every now and again, like you look around and you can see some spaces, and then a week later it's it's full? Yeah, <laughs> it's probably never really changed in what I've it's, it's I don't know. It's it's the glory, like um, maybe it's, it's a one-off. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a one-off game. I don't know. But we we were lucky at Swindon. We, we always you know we always had a, a decent crowd, and it, like you said, got more and more. For the cup games, and I think like every like everything. I mean, when when um, you you see a lot of these clubs now with the playoffs and things like that, you you see them, they're getting five six thousand somewhere. Have you? And then they get to Wembley, and we've got all of a sudden they've got thirty thousand supporters. Like you know, mm. um, I don't know why. I don't know why. I really don't. I think Swindon will be lucky to uh, get thirty thousand if we go to Wembley again, given our current record at the uh, at the new building. No, that, 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 that'll never happen again. That'll never happen again. <laughs> no, no. Derby are Division Two, but as I said before, they do win the league. So it's thirty-five thousand at the baseball ground. You, you managed yeah. to come out with a nil-nil draw and we squeeze past them in the replay with Don Rogers scoring the only goal. You've got future manager Dave Mackay playing in that. Some really, yeah. really influential players from the era. Is that the moment where you begin to believe that you could you could do something in this competition? Yeah, you do. You, you, I mean, well, I don't think I ever, ever thought that we could get the final. I thought we could win the next game, but I never, ever, never, ever thought about it until probably till we got to the semi-final no I just I, I, I didn't maybe other people thought that way but I, I never I mean you might think well we've got a bit of luck going our way sort of thing mm. but I never ever never ever give it a thought that, that we would we, we would get get to the final well getting to the final is an absolute mountain of a task, it seems. Um, we do the hard bit by beating Burnley at Turf Moor 2-1, but yeah. they managed to uh, sneak a win um, at the county ground, again 2-1 as well, so we 
we, we get them in a, a another replay at a neutral venue. Can you remember the neutral venue? Hawthorne. It certainly was. And Town pull off a 3-2 win. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. What was what, what was your memories from that Burnley game? They, they won at the Hawthorne. I remember we start getting used to it later with the Derby and things like that. We used to travel. I mean, Derby wasn't far, so we travelled up on the day. And the same as what we did at the Hawthorns. And going down the M, I think, I'm sure the M5 was then. But, I mean, it's just loads and loads of cars and fags and scarves and stuff like that out the windows. And it was unbelievable. And, um, as I say, we got to, uh, we got, we got there. And then the, the, the game, it was, it was, we won 3-2, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. And I, 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 I we uh, we scored early and then we we it was a case of just playing and hanging on and they they scored right at the death and I I remember um, I seem to I seem to remember when 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 we got the extra time it was the it was the usual it was the usual feeling you know we've 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 got a lot on our plate here like you know because I mean Burnley were they were a, at that time, they were one of the better sides in the in the first division. It was just it was just a battle, a battle. And once once they they scored straight away, virtually after the after the start, and then once we scored, then it was a case of we're, we're in this, we're in this sort of thing. And I remember Pete Noble, he he really damaged his shoulder. He he scored he scored the winner. Because I always, I always remember him. It was funny really because he was saying, "He said, I think it was his his, his right arm, he'd hurt, you know, and he he scored the winner, and he wanted to put his arm up straight away and thought he's ah ha ha that sort of thing, <laughs> and then put his left arm up, and it was funny how he was in the dressing room the, the way he come out with it, like you know. But yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it was a, a hell of a feeling. And um, as I say, the the, the uh, we when the game had finished, you, you know, it's all going through your head now. Bloody hell, we're at the, we're at the final, and then we we were supposed to stop on the way back for a meal, and that was we we, we couldn't get in because the restaurant had closed uh, because of the extra time. So we finished up with a fish and chip shop, and we had fish and chips. Nothing wrong with that. Way, the waves went up in the separate courts, and they they were all right, like because they they where they went, uh, they were okay. She, the wife had a good meal and all that jazz. But uh, yeah, yeah. Do the players around you, do your opposition players, show any sort of signs of getting annoyed because they should be beating this third division team from rural Wiltshire? Can you remember any sort of like? Does it begin to rile them? Do, do they begin to get nasty and things like that? Not really. Not really. I would think the like any like anything. How you would feel was you know they're obviously no mugs. Mm. They've got they've obviously got something. If it's it's not just it's not just sheer luck that you're there. Mm. Um, you obviously can play. Possibly possibly they're thinking you know like to like to the the ground, uh, the pitch, this that and the other. That you know they're just playing on a, on a bad pitch and stuff like that. And so, so it's all just. It's all just team spirit, so you've got to really crack that. So that's the only way you, you can do it if you if you get them down, sort of thing. You know, get not just one goal, two or three goals, then you, you've got a, a better chance as opposed to, you know, if it's if it's one nothing type of thing. But we, as I say, we had we just had a lot going for us at the time, a lot going for us.
the greatest 120 minutes in Swindon Town's history. Had you been to Wembley before? I went two years previous with my brother-in-law mm-hmm. to see the cup final. Everton, Everton, I can't remember who it was. And I'd never, ever been there before. And I remember when we went in, went up the up the, the steps and where have you, and then looked out onto the pitch. And it was, it was honestly, it was just like a billiard table. It was, it was unbelievable. And uh, and I thought, my God, like, what, what must it be like to play on this sort of thing? Then, as I say, two years, two years later, I think it was, we're there. We went up a couple of, a couple of weeks beforehand to have a look round, and it was a, not a very nice day. But it was, you know, again, you, you, I think it, I think the the draw had been made for the dressing rooms because I think they did that then. And we had we had the lucky dressing room apparently. What England used to have. I think we were draw. We it was a choice of strips and what have you. So we played in all white. We went up, went out the tunnel. You know, absolutely magical when you walk out and see it. Oh, it's lovely, and the pitch was beautiful, beautiful. It was just a. I thought, it, it, bloody hell, we're going to be playing here in a, in a couple of weeks. You know, and it's going to be packed to the rafters, sort of thing. And I mean, fortunately, we played in front of big crowds before, so that wasn't that wasn't the. You know that wouldn't go against this sort of thing, but it was. You know, I mean, little things, little things like that. You look at and you think, gee, where's the hour? We've really done something here, like you know. Well, you you look out as a as a follower of football at the FA Cup final, and you see it as a billiard table because there's a hundred thousand people around you. What's it like to be stood on the billiard table and looking around and seeing a hundred thousand people looking at you? Well, it, like I say, it wasn't a billiard table on that. Yeah. <laughs> The thing we went to the other stadiums and where it was like that in Rome and where have you. But as I say, at that particular at that particular time, it was it was a shock. It was a shock to 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 see the pitch the way it was. But we'll get to that later. But as I say, when you when you it's I don't know. You just you just walk out. As I say, when you're in the dressing room, you can't hear it. And then you go out into the tunnel, and you can you can hear a bit and where have you. And then as you walk out. There it is, like, and it, it is, it is. That's what you, that's what you live for. Oh, absolutely. Well, let, let's let's talk about that pitch because I want to talk about Arsenal's excuses. Firstly, it was the state of the pitch. You must have been thinking it was up for grabs, given that you had more experience, maybe playing on the uh, the used billiard table yeah. as as opposed to yeah. the uh, yeah. the the brand yeah. new one. And also, uh, Arsenal was said to be suffering from a virus during the build up. Do you think all of yeah. that helped? I wasn't aware that they, they, they were supposedly have have flu or whatever it was. Um, I didn't think that. Mm. I remember we, after a meal on the Saturday before the match. I remember we switched to telly on and and uh, I, I I knew that the horse of the air show, but I didn't realise how bad it had cut up. We I think it was ITV were covering it, not live, but they they. Showed it on 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 the ball. I think Brian Moore, wherever he's going on, he just seen it all sand, and it was re- really really disappointment, really real disappointment. Anyway, getting back to it, I mean the the, the business of, of playing on it, um, where you just knew it was going to be a hard slog. I think it was worse than what Swindon's was, and that had uh, to be bad to be worse than that. So you just knew it was going to be a hard slog. We were, pre- I think, probably I wouldn't say we were prepared for it. But it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem because we could we could 
you know, battle through it sort of thing. Like, you know, it probably, um, it, like you say, it probably suited us better than it did them. I have a host of newspaper clippings and the, the whole newspapers from, from the build-up to the 69 League Cup final and it's unanimous in who they feel, the national papers feel, should or will win the League Cup and it's not Swindon. It's very much, and understandably so, favoured in Arsenal's um, direction. How did Danny Williams and the coaching staff and the players sort of motivate yourself to say, come on, I mean, meh. It's just Arsenal, one of the best teams in England. We can do this. How how did you sort of make yourself believe, go into it, to believe that you could win? Honestly, on my own personal view, is I I always felt we could we'd give anybody a game on that day. We had players who now and again could produce something special. So therefore, you 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 know you, you yeah you're playing against you know a top 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 first division side, but. You just knew that that we 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 had a chance, and until until they battered us and scored more goals than us, you always felt we've got a chance here. We've got a chance. So it it, it I don't motivate motivation is a funny thing. It's it's when you I think when you've got confidence in your mates and your colleagues, you you've, you. You're prepared to give that a bit extra. It's, I think, when you've, when you've, if you're, in, if you've got, if you're in a team, which sometimes we were at Swindon, when you look around the dressing room, you know, we were played at Leeds once, and we had some players, young players, and stuff like that. And you look round, and you knew they're not ready for this. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not. You know, they, they, they're thinking of who they're playing against. You know, Bremner, Johnny Giles, this, that, and that. Instead of thinking about us sort of thing, you know, and that's how that's how I always felt. I always felt, you know, I can depend on him. I can depend on him. I can depend on him, sort of thing, and that that is that that is crucial. That is crucial. I've watched the highlights to this many times over the years, and a lot of times in the last week. Brian Moore's commentary is wonderful for it because uh, because he just lets the celebrations sort of take place when when Towns score. Towns' resistance in the game was something else. Uh, Peter Downsborough's not taking any risks. He's hooking everything out for corners. Um, you're on the line, funnily enough, for a couple of them. I see you in the background yeah, yeah. talking to Peter. Your job is on the line. Um, yeah. I know the outcome, but I still feel nervous watching it because it's absolutely intense, that pressure. Bobby Gould scores yeah. um, in the final few minutes. He breaks down in tears and Downsborough looks absolutely gutted and you kind of think yeah. I imagine at the time anybody listening to that game or watching it there probably would have looked around at their mate and just gone Arsenal have got this now um, yeah. this is me just sort of waffling on to a very generic question talk me through your, your your memories of that final and how did Swindon manage to get that huge bump in the road in the, 80, in the late 87th minute or whatever to manage to get through Arsenal an extra time when 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 we when the final whistle went, and we went across, I was I, I can't remember where exactly where I was stood. I mean, a lot of the time they just he, he, talk, Danny's talking and thingy's talking and stuff like. That, but you're not listening. You, you, your mind's your mind's. I wouldn't say scrambled, but you're you're just thinking, 
you know, we're minutes away from, from winning it sort of thing. And they now we've got this extra time. And then I I, I was I was stood in Moravia and I, I think it was Dono. He was at the ref. Get this off. This game's gotta be off. You can't you can't let it go to extra time, it's a disgrace, blah blah this, blah blah that, blah blah. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking to me I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, you would have thought he would have been up in the clouds, like, you know, as opposed to being the other way. And I don't know, for some reason I just thought to myself, you know, well, you know, we nothing nothing to um you know, we've we've got nothing to lose. You know, we've done it before. You know, we probably can do it again. And like I say, it was, it was. I don't know. It's just one of these things. You just, like I said before, you just, you're just comfortable in your surroundings. Like you know, with the lads you've got, this, that, and the other. And yeah, I, I, I was, I was, I was quietly com- comfortable, quietly comfortable and confident. We could maybe, maybe sneak it. You know, and if we didn't, then. You don't, as I say, we, you know, we weren't fearful. I don't think any of us were fearful. I really don't. Two products of Swindon Towns you've set up, Roger Smart and Don Rogers, are the goal scorers at Wembley, which is absolutely incredible. Your wife is also heavily pregnant at the time of Cup Final Day. It was. It was. We, I mean, really, the, 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 I, was, I meant to get that beforehand. I mean, she was eight and a half months with Neil. Uh, when we got to the final, it was a case of, you know, the, the, should, she, should she go? And she was adamant, I don't give a monkey, I'm going now, you know? So um, we'd, we'd, we'd arranged the club doctor and where have you, they arranged, they arranged the hotel in Wembley. Not a hotel, a hospital in Wembley. If it had brought her on, then she could have easy access out get to the hospital and stuff like that. Some reporter he was he was he was on and like, you know, I'll 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 be with you. So I think he, he kind of you know, 'cause if if we won and, you know, she'd she had she had Neil um he'd have a bit of a scoop, that type of thing. So that was that was kinda of planned. Does it add additional pressure to you when your wife is eight and a half months pregnant in the stands uh, not not it it wasn't it wasn't pressure it was it was i mean she was she wanted to be there she would have been worse if she'd been at all so that that was that wasn't any pressure at all you got tankards for the cup final back then would you have preferred a medal um at the time probably yeah but to be honest uh, i'm not really bothered what it was <laughs> You're not really bothered what it was. I've, I've always, I've always wanted to ask that because when I see you celebrating around the pitch and you're all yeah, holding yeah. your tankards, it's it's yeah, a bizarre yeah. sight, isn't it? If you could describe what the post-match celebrations were like in the ground and in the days afterwards, when it was, it was funny really because when we'd actually, I remember, I remember the, the finish of the game because I was part of the the goal by winning the tackle and where I in 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 the ball breaking the Roger and then on through to Don and he finished it off and I remember. I remember going to the ref, he's coming back and where have you? I said, how long's to go then? And he says, 30 seconds and where have you? And I thought, oh God, we've done it. You know, we've done it and where have you? And then when the final whistle went, you know, you just, well, I don't know, you just, you just that's it. Like, you know, I mean, there's, there's just a big relief sort of thing. And to think that we, we what we've done. And then we went to the, to go up to get the, to get the trophy. And I remember just at the right hand side of the steps, I heard Joe, Joe sort of thing, like, you know, and I looked round, it was my brother. He'd um, obviously had a seat virtually not far away from there, like, you know, so 
that was that was that was ironic. That was ironic, you know. You've out of a hundred thousand people, he's he's got a seat right there. Anyway, we went up to get that, and then we did a lap of honor, and then I I come back to him and what have you, and just big hugs and stuff like that, and then we got in the dressing room, and everybody was just, you know, I mean, it's just what it's like, you know, I mean, it's just chaos and what have you. Everybody's having a laugh and a joke, and I, I remember I remember taking my boots off. And I remember looking at my socks, and they were riddled with holes because I, I always wore shin pads. During the game, when it went extra time, for some reason, I took took them off and let me, my socks roll down. And, of course, they just went on and on, down sort of thing, and I, I must have been running on them, and there were holes all over them, like, you know? But I, w- I was doing that and thinking to myself, Moravia, and then all of a sudden, uh, I heard... My brother-in-law's voice, Norman, and uh, he says, he said, you know, he, he come across me, and I, and I said, I says, how did you get in here, like, you know? And he says, oh, he says, he says, I, I told the doorman, he says, I've, because he, he's from Preston, and he says, I've travelled two or three hundred miles for this, and what have you, and I want to go in and see him, sort of thing, <laughs> and so he let him in, and so he had a drink, he had a drink out of the cup, and I, I'm little things that 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 I, you know, you think to yourself, well, it's impossible to get into the restroom. You know, but he got in, and that was that really. And then we just we just had a just had a bath, and then off back to the to the hotel. I remember going upstairs with Anne, sort of thing. Just felt absolutely knackered. Just felt absolutely knackered. And then we had to do in the evening, and and that 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 was it, sort of thing. That I mean, it just had had whatever, and and then uh, I think we had Bob Monkhouse as a cabaret. It was brilliant. Some I think some of the lads just uh, had some drinks and stuff like that in their rooms and things like that. But like and without being pregnant, just went to bed like you know. And afterwards, but, the trip to Swindon for the you know the more civic stuff and the fans out in the town. It must have been the point when it really sunk. What sort of it sunk in? What sort of a what achievement you guys had done? But it, it 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 started when we come back through. I think we come because it didn't. The M4 wasn't there then, was it? I don't think it was. So we come back through Allbourne, and you had all the bunting out and stuff like that through the town. And you thought, God dear, all this all all this way because you forgot that people travelled from all over outside of Swindon. I mean, you know, Oxford way, Chippenham way, you name it. And and as I say, we come back through there, and then we we went to the the town hall. And for a kind of a reception, and then we, we did it. We did then. We I think no, we went to the Goddards. Sorry, went to the Goddards, and then we went on a, a an open top bus tour around the town, and wherever you went, it was jam packed. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then we finished up at the town hall, and then they had a reception with the Lord Mayor and stuff like that. And then it as per normal. I mean, I, I think we still had games to play, but. Um, we, we, we just got invaded all over the place. Outside the box to Moncair. Good run by him and now Maskell. Throughout 68-69, we enjoy a good old tussle with Watford uh, for, the, right. for the Division 3 Championship, but Town's running is relentless and we're pretty much undone by two losses immediately after the final, one at Plymouth, and the other one to Watford at home in front of twenty-eight, yeah. well, close to twenty-nine thousand fans. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you would have took League Cup win and second place promotion at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it was funny, really, the Watford, the, the Watford game or whatever, because and that's when I actually uh, went into hospital to to have Neil during that game. Yeah, so that that was kind of memorable. And um, but as I say, it would be nice. To, it would be nice to have gone up champions as well. But uh, like I say, see a lovely image. I'll take the League Cup win and promotion yeah. every yeah. time. Um, in true. Swindon fashion we can't do anything good without something unfortunate happening afterwards and there's a minor glitch as Danny Williams resigns and moves over to uh, Sheffield Wednesday at the end of the season we get Fred Ford who had managed Bristol City and luckily um, didn't pursue you when you were at Newcastle and he also managed Bristol Rovers and coached at Swindon as well how did Fred Ford compare to Danny Williams Fred was he was an FA staff coach they used to have staff coaches then. And he was very, very professional. He watched hundreds and hundreds of games. Um, he, he, you, you talk about anybody, he would know. He was very knowledgeable and a nice, really nice bloke. And he actually, I, I personally think he loved it at Swindon because he, he, had, he had a bunch of players which he really, for that time, he didn't, although he did coach us and he, we did do this and we did do that and stuff like that. But he... You know, he was he was quite he was quite comfortable with us all, and uh, he was he was he was real real fiery. I mean, he would blow up at the drop of a hat. We carried on we carried on for a while where we were we, we did okay. We you know I think we went to um, when we won the Anglo Italian Cup. He was there, mm-hmm. and um, he was he was just a nice nice bloke, nice nice bloke. But like I say, very professional and us all really good well he does a he does a fine job in his first season um as you've alluded to because we won the league cup but weren't in the first division we weren't allowed to join the interfairs cup which was the precursor to the uefa cup back then rules were rules they were the rules before the season started not much we can do about that arsenal go in our in our place and they win it good for them but what the football league do arrange is the anglo-italian cup winners cup where we would play the winners of the coppa italia what i wouldn't give for this today i mean that must have been an absolutely incredible experience yeah we we um we went we played uh i think we were we went there for about four or five days i think we were i don't know it was just a, a Big, big experience, you know. You, you, you ride, ride in Rome and where have you, and seeing the Colosseum and Vatican and, and all these things and where have you. And we, we uh, the, the Olympic Stadium. Um, it was, it was a really, really great experience. Really was. As I say, the pitch, pitch, was was beautiful. Uh, I think I, I don't know. It was something like fifty thousand or something there. There must have been. I think I, we, we did okay. We, we, we um, you know, we again. It was one of these things where you, you, you play, and we adapted straight away. I mean, they're different type of football to play, but we we we, we coped with it. I'm trying to think what what the score was. I think it was two one. Two one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we weren't disgraced. We played really well. Come away, like you say, two one, and then we got them back. Got gone back to Swindon, and um, as I say, that must have been a hell of a shock for them coming. <laughs> you know. The reckon when they when they walked in and seen the dressing rooms and and stuff like that and what have you you know they must have opened their eyes it really must have like you know and then to go out and then you know as I say we have, we probably had a full house I can't remember but we probably had a full house and then we um, you know we beat them. you didn't just beat them though you 
absolutely yeah. annihilated them four yeah. nil. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. We it, it, as I say that was that was that was very. I really enjoyed the the, the Italy games when we played in Italy. I, I really did because it, I, in in my way of thinking, it, it was it was a kind of it wasn't it wasn't luck what we did in the League Cup. You know, we we beat good sides, our top sides in that, and now we've come we've come abroad because they did have their top sides out. They didn't they didn't. It wasn't a case where they put the second string out. They had the full team out. We we cope with that. Just proved the point how 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 what a decent side we were. Yeah, I mean, it's that Fred Ford first season is one of your best seasons with the club as well because you get Player of the Year award at the end of the season as well. So we have our Anglo-Italian successes. We get to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup and only the great Don Reavy side um, that Leeds yeah. had beat us at the county grounds. It's every player is an international in that in that side. We finish fifth, which is our best ever finish. Only um, Champions Huddersfield lose less games than town, but we do draw probably too many. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, is it again just that that bond that helps through, or does Fred Ford's yeah. new yeah. influence help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the season ends with the Anglo-Italian Cup again, which involves a group stage and town play Juventus and Napoli. To me, somebody born in the early 1980s, um, this is the stuff of dreams. Um, Sniffy fans will say they were glorified friendlies, but I'll say it again. We played Roma, Napoli and Juventus at the county ground. We beat yeah. Juventus 4-0. I'll repeat that. Swindon Town 4, Juventus 0. Um, it's yeah. not a fluke because we also beat them in Turin as well. We lose yeah. the first game um, to Napoli at the county ground, but we snatch a win over in Naples to set up the final, which was yeah. you know, famous for its conclusion um, with the game being abandoned. What are yeah. your memories from those trips to Italy? We played Juventus first and then we had it was a horrible journey to get to Naples. Well, Positano, where we were staying, we, the bus, the bus took us oh, through the mountains and where have you. And you know when you you see these adverts when they, when they're driving around these narrow bends and there's cars coming the other way and stuff like that. It was just like that, and it was horrible. And then we got the Positano, and it was really, really good. It was it was a beautiful place, beautiful place, right by I think it's Vesuvius and and uh, Pompeii and where have you is all there. But there was nothing there. Absolutely nothing. It was on the like on the side of a on the side of a I wouldn't say a mountain but a hill sort of thing. So we either went down to the beach and then back up. All I had was tennis courts. We were there I think roughly a week and we just played tennis and sunbathed. I think uh, we had one friendly, they arranged a friendly just against some third division side, um just to keep where you know, keep the momentum going sort of thing. And it was probably one of the best weeks I've ever spent in my life with the lads. It was it was absolutely superb. I mean, we, we, we had such such a laugh, such a laugh. Uh, it's I mean, we had we had the press there and we, we as I say, there was nothing there. So we'd have a meal, we'd have a meal in the evening, where have you? And then we, we'd, the first night or whatever it was, we'd, we all, well, not all of us, but about five or six of us, went out for a walk. And we finished up in a, a, a place called Peppy's Bar. And we, we were sat in there, not many people about, and just having a drink. I remember 
Rod Thomas, he was being Welsh and what have you, rugby man and stuff like that, and he was singing all the rugby songs and things like that. It was we got through got through a few drinks and what have you. And anyway, the, the, the next night we thought, right, we'll go back sort of thing. So we, we went back and what have you. And um, he's open arms, come in, come in, come in, sort of thing, like you know. Drinks on half price for now, from now on, you know. She said, we had more customers like you, you know. So we've got, we've got the drinks half free. And we were just sat in there doing that. And, you know, a harmless sort of thing, like, you know. But it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, and as I say, during the day and what have you, there wasn't a, wasn't a lot to do. So we, we had a tennis tennis tournament, like, you know. It was, it, was, it, was, it was just good. We had the friendly. I seem, I seem, to, remember, I seem to remember Fred, Fred, Fred went down with something. Um, some... Because he was, he, he was always on it, us, what have you, you know, don't, in Italy and what have you, don't, don't eat the salads and stuff like that because of the water and stuff like that, she'll catch it. But unfortunately, he was the first one to go down. <laughs> so he was, he was telling Morris, Morris Owen, you know, keep an eye on them, don't let them get out, don't let them drink and this stuff. And Fred Morris would say, yeah, 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 yeah. I think Stan, Stan was, he was, get, he was due to get married, he went home got married and come back with her, his wife on the honeymoon. And I remember the papers, the papers over there, they were, they were, they were saying that, you know, they were playing this, playing against Swindon on, on Naples, or playing against Swindon, where have you, they were in the mountains, you know, some, some, some out the way sort of thing. And you've got, you've got Swindon on the, on the beach at Positano, one bloke on his honeymoon, all this sort of thing, like, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was funny, it was funny. We had it. it was an absolute tremendous time. I can't tell you everything that went on, but we 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 used to have a, we used to have a great laugh. Really did. Really funny. Town win in the final against Napoli three uh, nil. Peter Noble with two, and Arthur Horsfield with the other one. But it's yeah. more famous for the fact that it didn't reach the ninety minutes. What was it like playing around all that violence? I think initially, initially you weren't aware of it because obviously it was going on. During the game, sort of thing, but in the in the second half, I remember it was about it was about I we were told well I think we were told that, that there was some sort of elections going on in in round that time or whatever, and people were not too happy in this that and the other, and the the pitch in Naples had a moat round it, and anyway I I I remember the ball went out of play and I went to pick it up and take it throw in and this 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 lump of rock landed right near me. And I thought, well, what the hell's going on here, sort of thing. Anyway, I took the throw in, not, not, you know. And then we did, we just carried on. And then it turned out they were breaking the stand up on one side. They were just slinging it on the pitch, more have Anyway, the, the the referee abandoned it. Ten minutes to go, I think. Uh, they presented they presented the cup to us on the other side because that was okay. And then um, we come to come off. And it was just, it was just crazy, absolutely crazy. The dressing rooms were downstairs. You had to go down the thing, and of course, that was the side where they were breaking the stand up. But anyway, we managed to get down there, and we, while we were inside, you could hear all the, the noise and stuff like that. The, the ceiling was, the paint and whatever was flaking off that, and you didn't, we didn't really know how bad it was, honestly, until, until we. We, uh, me, Neil told me about uh, 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 on YouTube, and I looked at it the other day, and it was there was actually a setting fire to it and everything. And it was it was absolutely. Really, I don't know whether you've seen it or not, but when you look at it, and you think 
know, I mean, you know, you hear, you hear stories of late and what have you, disturbance and stuff like that, but I've never seen anything like that. It was unbelievable. Of course, I've seen the footage, Joe. And um, what I love from the the post match are the photographs of all of you guys with the trophy parading it. And in the background, there's <laughs> the scrap going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them managed to get on the pitch. Let's <laughs> managed to get on the pitch. It was brilliant. Of course, Fred Fred wasn't too happy with Italians anyway. I don't know whether he'd had a bad experience. Sometime, sometime or another, but anyway, we, he said, well, he says, if I grab the trophy and hold it up, he says, that might calm them and whatever, because it was even worse. <laughs> it, was, it was even worse. Yeah, so we, we, finished, we finished up, as I say, and we, 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 we won that and we're having, and I can't remember what happened after that, to be honest. I think we went up in the mountains or something. I can't remember for a meal. Oh, it was something else, something else. Regarding the Anglo-Italian Cup and the and the and the three competitions that you played, you play some really quite fine footballers. We've already mentioned Fabio Capello, who would go on to be a mainstay in the uh, Italy team. Um, you yeah. played against um, players like Jose uh, Altafini, who went to the World Cup That's with Brazil. Yeah. 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 Um, Luis, the original Luis Suarez, who won the European yeah, Championships yeah. and the I, European I, Cup I, twice. I remember, funny enough, I remember when I was at Newcastle. I mean, Suarez was at the end of his career. But I remember when I was at Newcastle, I remember going to watch when Newcastle played Barcelona. And that's when he was, I watched him in his prime there. Wow. It was funny, really, playing against them. Yeah. Did they take this competition seriously? Give you an instance. I remember when we played uh, Napoli in Swindon, Pete Noble. He was he was um, playing against whoever the defender was, and what have you. And anyway, he was telling me afterwards, and what have you. The way I mean, Peter was a hard hard lad. And anyway, he, he said he said this 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 Italian in his broad Geordie accent, like you know. He he says he says he says when I'm when I'm in Naples he says you die, <laughs> you know. And so anyway, Peter said he says we were playing the game and what have you. He said he said and I'm, he said I was looking round. He said and I couldn't see him. He says oh I thought I lost him. He said and I turned round and what have you. And he says he just held me on and broke his nose. And Peter played the rest of the game with a broken nose. Yeah, he just woof. So I mean, you know, it wasn't the case of them. They were just not 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 giving us a game at all. They 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 would play. They didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. Kerr plays it back in again. second season sees him relieved of his duties uh, times have changed somewhat because his crime was finishing 12th in the second division what is now the championship and boy yeah. what we wouldn't give for a uh, 12th <laughs> position in yeah. the championship yeah. now was that harsh at the time on Ford do you think oh I, I think it was I mean he, he, Fred Fred Fred, um, as I say, I mean, we had a, we had, I think it, it was one of these things because we'd been so successful that we got, that was regarded as a, as a failure type of thing. Mm. And I suppose, I, I don't know, really, I think, I, I think he didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve that because he was, he was a, he was a, he was a very dedicated, very dedicated. I suppose it's a bit like at the moment comparing it with like, Man United and what have you. I mean, they're, they're not doing anything and Marina's getting a stick and this, that and the other. Um, and 
type of thing with Fred. We, we weren't losing. It was just a case of, we, you know, we drew four, three or four games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was regarded as a failure. You know? Unbelievable. Well, in many ways, his replacement, Dave Mackay, is the first of a type of appointment Swindon Town go for a lot in the future. Uh, the superstar player turned manager. Uh, Mackay was a member of the great Tottenham side of the early 60s. Yeah. He was feared by the very best. There's a pun there, if you yeah. understand it. And, of course, there's that famous picture of him grabbing uh, Billy Bremner yeah. by the uh, scruff, yeah. scruff of the neck. What were your experiences of Mackay? I, I, I liked him. Mm-hmm. I liked Dave. He was a nice, nice fella. Um, um, very honest. Obviously a great player. Um, but um, I think I think we were probably a stepping stone for him, to be honest, when he went to Derby. Um, but I, 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 I could find no fault in him. He was, he was a, he was a nice bloke. What he told you, he, he, he did. I remember likes of when, when he left and where have you, and he went to Derby. I got for my testimonial match. I got let down by a club and where have you, top club, and um, I. I you know, I'm thinking to myself, what do I do? What do I do? Sort of thing. And Derby, they 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 won the first division. I I just I just rang him up, and no 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 problem at all. No problem at all, Joe. We'll do that. And um, he, he he said, what I what I'll do? He said, I'll make a day of it for the lads and what have you. He says, took the Cheltenham races in the afternoon, and then he brought them to Swindon, played the game, and. That was it. Oh, never, 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 never asked for anything. Never asked for anything. He just, he just said, not a problem, not a problem. And that was, that's what was already like. He was straight down the line. He was, you know, there was no, no. Well, maybe he said it's because he was a big figure. You know, what I mean, he could, he could do this sort of thing. But that's, you know, I think personally, that's just the way he was. You know, you, you, you do, you do what you do for him, and he'd repay you repair you and that he did for me anyway there's definitely a feeling amongst older fans that well Dave Mackay wasn't hugely liked by the supporters is that because he left the way he did for Derby which is perfectly understandable and like you said he did go and take them to the first division title or is it because Fred Ford was popular um because I I definitely I think I think it was probably just one of them things I mean at at that time I think that Probably the club, the club was slightly on the wane sort of thing, and you know, having having had that amount of success, it's very hard. Maybe it's very hard for them to take what what's happening. You know, I mean, where whereas normally you would think that you'd be moving on, the club signing new players, decent players. Um, we weren't. We were. We we had maybe I'm wrong saying it, but we just had average players instead of good players. So therefore, we weren't getting the the results mm. that that they'd, they'd been used to. I don't know. Okay. I don't know because we still did okay that seat his full season that he had. We finished what eleventh in the second division. Yeah. It was our last yeah. of the yeah. decent seasons. So I mean, it's I mean, a town fan will now 
send me a message and tell me why Mackay wasn't particularly or his, his his legacy isn't that great. But it just from from looking at the stats and looking at the record, it's not too bad at all. Um, his his replacement was Les Allen, another one of his teammates from that Tottenham side of the early sixties. And of course, he's father to Clive and Bradley from yeah, my yeah. era, and also a uncle to Martin Allen and ex Swindon midfielder Paul Allen. Um, but this is where it begins to unravel and town really, yeah. as you say, start to wane and it all yeah. starts to go wrong. It must have been yeah. a great shame to witness that firsthand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's kind of out of your hands. You know, you've got to speculate, they accumulate, I suppose. And, you know, I mean, they always say, like, you know, when you've got a good side, keep adding to it, keep people on their toes. And probably what we, if we were signing players, they weren't, the same calibre is what what you'd had. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of difficult, but I mean, normally in I mean, in third and fourth division sort of thing, um, there are players. Well, there would be players available then. But as I say, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, Danny, Danny, Danny took a long time to get to get it right. Um, and thing, lots of times, things don't happen overnight. You know, but. I mean, when we were going well, that was the time to get players to come in. You know, because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if you if you were if you if you were a player and Swindon came in for you round about that time, and say for instance um, Doncaster came in for you, I mean, your immediate reaction would be, hey, I was Swindon. You know, they they they've got to be a good setup. You know, I'd rather go there than I would go to Doncaster. You know. Um, but that it didn't happen. It didn't happen, unfortunately. Was was Les Allen on a hiding to nothing? Um, probably, probably. Was he was he was he a good was he a good coach compared to the nice, ones that nice went before? Nice blow and a good. I, I thought he was a good coach. Mm-hmm. You know, but he, he was he, he had he had the gift to the gap sort of thing. But um, I think generally he was. He was um, he was on the right track, sort of thing. But sometimes you, you you can only work with what you've got, sort of thing. Like you know, Paul Bowden from the spot for Swindon. He scored. What's it like? receiving those Player of the Year awards that you did in 70 and 73, I believe. When you've got Peter Downsborough, Don Rogers, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone around yeah, you. I, 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 you know, I mean, I'd be wrong I'd be wrong to say it was a surprise, but again, not. Like, because, I mean, we all, we all, we all did what did a bit. And sometimes, and don't, don't get, don't take this the wrong way, I mean, Sometimes you 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 you're playing and you you might feel you're not being appreciated sort of thing, yeah. you know, and then you get you know because I mean rightly so the final um, you know likes of the people only see what happens you know I mean like Don got two goals, um, Roger got the other goal sort of thing, and you just you just battling away doing your job sort of thing and that's up to the supporters what they think. This the player of the year type of thing. That's that's what they think, and you you, you when you when it happens, you look back and you think, oh god, you know, I've, I've obviously done all right. You know, they obviously like me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, traditionally, you know, player of the year awards go to either the top goal scorer 
um, maybe the personality, or if it's a bad season, usually the goalkeeper yeah. gets it, doesn't? Don't they? Because they've they've had all the work, especially in 1970. The players around you, I think that just shows that those who voted or those who sort of come up with that shows that you're a hell of a footballer. Um, yeah, I remember Rod Rod Thomas, who you know, as I say, he was he was a funny fella and he was a top top class player. And I remember him. I remember sat in his. I remember sat in his his house once. We were just. I remember having a cup of tea with him. Whatever you. We were just general chatting in general. And and he, you know, he come out, and he said, "I'm." He said, "I want. I wasn't surprised at all. I wasn't surprised at all." And that, that I took that as a big, big compliment. Since since leaving football and retiring. And then football, you went to Old Shot and then you went into non-league, didn't you, after that for a little while. What What is football to you? Do you watch Swindon much? No, I don't I don't watch Swindon at all. I, I, I'd rather play than watch. I find it, I find it, I'm not comfortable watching. I've, I used to go, um, friend friend of mine, had a, he's, he's got corporate thing, tickets and whatever, and have a meal beforehand and... Sometimes you'd ask me, you know, do you fancy going? You knew how I felt and what have you, but I, I, I said, oh, yeah, okay, okay, I'll go something. But I, I, I don't mind that bit beforehand and the bit after it. It's the the match. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not comfortable. Not comfortable watching. I, I, I don't like. I don't like to. I wouldn't voice my opinion mm-hmm. about it. But I just I watch it and I'm thinking, well, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. That you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's just how it is, and and uh, I would rather play than watch. My final question: Is it true that you once had dinner with Johan Cruyff? Yeah. How on earth did that come about? We were on holiday in in Spain, and I can't remember where it was now. Is it Loretta Mar or somewhere like that? And anyway, we, we I was there with um, Roger Smart, Kevin Morris and his wife, and Anne. And um, anyway, Kevin Kevin was one of these blokes. He, he used to be, he loved loved to talk and he meet people. Blah blah this blah blah. And anyway, we we were for some reason we were sat somewhere and he he come across and he said he says oh he says I've just met this lad. He says he's he's, he's um, he plays for Ajax. He says. He says, and he, he's just driving down the coastline, Spain, stopping here, there, and everywhere. He said, and um, he said, you know, he 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 wants to uh, he wants to have a drink and have a chat, you know. And uh, said, oh, fair enough. And you know what it's like. You you think ah, who's he talking to and all this sort of thing. So anyway, we we uh, we met him, and um, he's only he couldn't have been. Difficult to say, really. I can't remember where he, he wouldn't be much more than twenty. Say, for instance, twenty twenty one. And um, anyway, we, we were sat sat having a drink, and this that, and the other. And all these Dutch people were there, young people and more. Have you come saying this, saying this, saying this, and so? Well, you know, it must, must be uh, obviously known very well, sort of thing. And anyway, um, we we we. We met a couple of times and and chatted and drank and he smoked like a trooper, and um, we uh, he said I'm, I'm I'm going tomorrow so we shook hands and and you know and anyway we went we went we played abroad somewhere I can't remember where it was and um, the European Cup final was on on the telly and um, I can't remember who they were playing but it was at Wembley 
and it was Ajax, and I can't remember who they were playing, and what have you. And, and anyway, the, the build-up, you know what the build-up's like and stuff like that. And then they said, oh, and then they got the superstar, Johan Cruyff, you see? And all of a sudden, the camera switches on him. And I thought, jeez, <laughs> you know? And then you remember the, you remember the famous turn he did in that game? Yeah, and I thought, oh, my God, like, you know? And I couldn't believe it, couldn't believe it. Yeah, but what a super bloke, really nice, really nice fella, and uh, yeah, and that was that was one of my main claims to fame, Matthew Ancroft. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe, for being on, and thank you for being a part of what put Swindon Town um, on the map and their rightful place in English football history. Joe Butler, thank you very much. No problem, Rich. No problem. Take care. The Low Strangers is an independent Swindon Town fan podcast. The music was expertly created by Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by the super talented John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.